Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. When the mountains look so big, all my faith just seems so small. So hold me, Jesus, cause I'm shaking like a leaf. You're the then king of my glory, won't you be my prince? Hard inside my soul I swear there must be blisters on my heart with him 
and on glorifying and exalting Jesus Christ. Our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, if you have something you want to talk about, please give us a call. We also have a chat room that's going to be open, um, so feel free to get in and talk about pretty much whatever's on your heart. And so we're going to begin with a word of prayer. Father, we give you glory and we give you honor. Father, I thank you that you hear us. Father, I thank you that your love is from everlasting to everlasting. Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who you sent from the foundation of the world to die for our sins, that whoever would believe and call upon you should be saved and have eternal life. Father, I thank you for these that are listening in the audience, Father. Father, that you would quicken their spirit, Lord, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation into the knowledge of you. Lord, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be flooded with light, that they may know what is the hope of their calling. And Father, what are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints? Father, in the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ Jesus, when you raised him from the dead and seated him in heavenly places at your side. Father, I thank you that your word has gone forth into this earth, delivering life. Holy Spirit, I thank you for revealing to us Jesus Christ. I thank you for revealing to us those things that Jesus would declare to us. I thank you for declaring to us the mind of God. Father, your word declares that we have the mind of Christ, and you say we are being washed by the renewing of our minds through the word of God. Father, and I thank you for your word that was sent, that you said would not return to your void, that same word that declares that you are a God who heals and you are a God who saves. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, if there is anybody listening who has any infliction, any affliction or any infirmity, Father, Holy Spirit, I ask right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would come and that you would completely deliver them, that according to your word, Jesus, that you would heal them right now. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. I'm not sure exactly where we're going to um, end off at it tonight. And like always, um, this whole broadcast, the first hour, the second hour, it's all completely devoted to him. And it's not for us, but it's just for his glory. And... Everything we do, we strive to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in whichever direction he leads. And so we really don't have much of an agenda except for to seek his face and to glorify Jesus Christ. So I'm going to play a song, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to get into the Word of God. 
for a little bit. I gotta find the song first. Okay, this may take just one second. I wanna find the right song. Anyway, I hope all of y'all are doing good tonight, and we'll be right back. Jacob really longed to be a hero. But all I really wanted was a friend. I'm the way the life, the truth. Tell me, Jacob, when will the light end? Does the striving make you When I came to love on you, you fought me till the dawn. Finally, Jacob's lying down, and while he sleeps, I will dream of a
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog. And I'm actually rather nervous tonight because I'm not exactly sure exactly what it is, that, how this is going to go. Um, but I'm trusting God. You know, in the end of this broadcast, when it's all said and done, whether it be a week from now or a month or a couple of years from now, my biggest desire is that you, the people listening, will seek him. And I don't mean seek him as in going to church more, even though that's important. What I mean by seek him is get to the place in your life and your walk with him where he becomes your all in all. I told a story before about how I was in church one day and this and it was a small church and they didn't have a band or big music and they just had these couple of older ladies singing and they were singing this song that said, You're all that I want, you're all that I need. And this lady stopped and said, you know, I don't feel right singing this because I know it's not true. Even though it's what I want to be true. And we find in our lives that there's so many things that distract us from him. There's so many things that fill our lives and make them busy. Um, I get up, I go to work, I have four children, I have a wonderful wife. And so finding time just sit alone with him and even if you're not praying just to seek his face it seems really rare unless you make a super effort to do it and I'm nowhere near perfect in that respect but my desire through all this is that we would seek him and fall in love with him all over again and to come to the realization that every breath is for him and through him and that he is the very reason that we live and move and have our our being that without him there is nothing in this world of significance and there's nothing that holds any tangible weight outside of Jesus you know, the news recently has been not the greatest, and it never is. I mean, there's always some issue and some disaster going on in the world. And we always pray that God would help and deliver and heal and comfort through the Holy Spirit those who are affected. But it brings into a stark reality that, you know, the Bible says that to every man it is appointed once to die and after that to judgment and as horrible as the idea may be there is no guarantee on this life Ecclesiastes says that our life is but a vapor we're here one moment on this earth and the next thing you know we're in eternity standing before the king of the kings and the lord of lords and we're standing before the creator of heaven and earth the uncreated God who no man has ever seen. And a thought I have that whenever that day comes, 
the only thing I wanted to say on my tombstone is that I knew him. And that would be enough that if every moment from the first breath I took till the last breath I took, if all of that in every day and every minute, if the end result of all that is that I can stand and say that I knew him, everything would be worth it. And it's amazing that when you put your perspective of him and the fullness of life with him in it, that there really is joy inexpressible and full of glory. And there's joy that can't be contained and there's joy that you can barely comprehend and there's joy that you can barely describe in this overflowing river of joy that flows out of you knowing that Jesus loves you and that Jesus sacrificed everything to come to earth and take the form of a man and die for our sins so that we may have a relationship with him, that we may have a relationship with the Father and not based on anything that we could have ever done to gain it or earn it. It's simply because God loved us so much and he desired us so much that there was nothing that wasn't worth reclaiming a relationship with us. And the most costly thing that he had was his own son. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, it talks about a woman who loses a coin, and it says she would search the whole house for that one coin. And when she finds that one coin, although she may have a hundred others, she rejoices. And it says in the same way that the Father and all the angels of heaven rejoice if even one sinner comes to repentance. You know, there's nothing in this world that compares to him. There's nothing in this world created or anything else that compares to being in the presence of God. And the verse is true that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's nothing. He is it. He is everything. He is every breath to us. And I'm going to start, I guess, tonight. We're going to start, and I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to teach this or just read it, so just bear with me. But this is John chapter 13, and you know, before I do that, you know, there's a verse in chapter 12, which is amazing, and it, it's 1220, and it says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And that's all they wanted, was to see Jesus. Anyway, back to verse chapter 13, um, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, it's ironic, nothing surprises him. He spends so much time with the Father. And we had covered this in previous nights that Jesus 
didn't do anything on his own authority. And he proclaimed it. He said, I do nothing on my own authority, but only what I hear from my father. And he spent so much time with the father that he knew what was happening. He knew his place, and he had peace in his place because of the joy that he knew that was set before him at the end of the trials and the sufferings and the tribulation. He knew there was a joy to be had in fulfilling the will of God and that there was us. And, um, and it says, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, and that's us, he loved them to the end. And, you know, Jesus didn't pick, like, Pharisees. And I don't say that in a negative way, because even the Pharisees were, in the long run, were people who really needed him, and they just didn't understand. But he said he loved them to the end. And the disciples weren't perfect. They were ordinary men like me and you who... Before they encountered Jesus, they lived ordinary lives. They were fishermen or carpenters or whatever they were, tax collectors. And they had a normal life until something extraordinary happened and that something supernatural happened and that they came face-to-face with the Creator. And Jesus knew what was inside of them. He knew everything about them. He, Jesus could look at them and know every atom that made up their bodies and knew every hair that was on their heads. For you know the Bible declares that the Father knows every head upon knows and has counted every hair upon our heads. And and regardless of what the disciples did all the times that they doubted or they were afraid or whatever else, it didn't matter because he loved them to the end. He knew what was going to happen. He knew when Peter was going to betray him, but it didn't matter because he loved him to the end. He knew that some of them would fall and some of them would doubt, but it didn't matter because he loved them to the end. And, you know, the thing about everlasting love is it's unconditional. It's unmerited. It's, I mean, it's love that's given. It's not based on anything but a passionate intimacy and desire. And and it says, in supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Jesus, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God. You know, there's peace in that. There's peace in knowing that we came from God and we're going to God that despite all the tribulations and all the trials that we go through in life, and the Bible says we're going to have them, I mean, and sometimes those are good because the testing of our faith produces patience, but it says let patience have its perfect work, that you may be complete and lacking nothing. And, but in the end, there's peace knowing that we came from him and that in the end we're going to him. And it says, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And this is the second time he did it. Not in this verse. But in the very beginning, Jesus was with God. It says in First John chapter 1, it says, For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
And, you know, Jesus was with the Father, and he laid aside the position of being with his Father and set aside those royal garments and the royal diadems and the majesty upon high to come take off those garments and to come down in the, as an appearance of a man, and not only just a man, but come in the appearance of a servant, you know, he said that he did not come to serve, but to to be served, but to serve. And he said, you who would want to be the leaders, you need to serve the rest. And so for the second time since coming to earth, Jesus takes off his garments. And he takes a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And, you know, the water is interesting because <sighs> I'm trying to think how to put it. You know, the Word of God cleanses our minds and it renews our minds and it creates even faith. I mean, when we take the Word of God and we make it part of our life and we eat the Word of God and we meditate upon the Word of God, there's a physical and mental transformation that begins to happen where we begin to see things that he does. And he says, and Jesus said, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And not only that, it says that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And it says that, you know, the word of God, if you spend enough time in it, it will help direct your path. And, you know, Jesus, it says that he began to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand, but you will know after this. And once again, it's a two-part thing. He's teaching him a lesson that we need that we're here not for our own, our own selves. We're not here to promote ourselves, but we're here to serve others, and we're here to be like him in all things. And at the same time, he's also, in a way, prophesying over what's about to happen later on when he is going to wash away the sins of the world. And all it takes is us accepting it and believing it. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. It's funny how so many times we struggle with Jesus and we try to hold on to our sin because we don't want him to have it or we feel too unworthy to come to him, even though it says that we are accepted in the time of need. And, you know, your shame should never prevent you from coming before the Father. This was in Jeremiah 1. It says, before he formed us in the womb, he knew us. And, you know, like I said earlier, Jesus knew who were his own. And it said he loved them to the end. Jesus already knew everything that is going to happen in our lives, everything that was going to happen, everything that will happen, and nothing surprises him. Nothing surprises the Father. 
And before we were even born, he declared over our lives the blood of Jesus and declared that he sent his son to die for us. And Peter said to him, you sh and then, sorry, I lost my place. And Jesus said, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, not, Lord, not my feet only, but also wash my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taking his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, and the second time he sat down, the first time he sat down right next to them, and the second time he sat down at the right hand of God after washing the sins of the world. And he said, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for, I, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And, you know, the ultimate everything in our lives is to be like him and to be an example like he is. And, you know, it's funny. Um, we don't always realize it to the full extent of the impact that we have in our daily lives. You know, the Bible says that some people have unwittingly entertained angels. And just to put it out there, you never know who you're going to touch and who you're going to run into and what impact that you will have on them. And so we should make it our effort to be like Jesus and to have his character and to react to the world the way he would and to have the same compassion on the loss as he would. And so um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back. Find up the broken hearted. 
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. My name is Sean Holmberg, your co-host, along with Christopher Herzog. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. The Bible declares that we have the ministry of Jesus, and the Bible declares we are ambassadors for Jesus, reconciling the world to him. And Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than you than these you will do. And so, if you've never read this verse I'm about to read, I'm going to... This is Isaiah 61. And not only is this about you, I'm declaring it over you. And over everybody listening. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. We are anointed by his Holy Spirit to take the word of the gospel, the word of Jesus Christ, to a world that is still in darkness and declare to them that the prison doors are open, to declare to them that there is joy instead of the mourning, to heal the brokenhearted, And, you know, all that comes and all that starts with our relationship to him and spending time with him and learning from him. And the more time you spend with him, the more you become like him and the more your character becomes like him and the more your desires become like him. I'm going to read First Corinthians. This is... 1 Corinthians verse 13. You know, until... Let me just say this, and as always, I'm not ever going to be religiously or politically correct. But something I thought about the other day is the church in general is way divided. It We don't act like the body of Christ. We don't act like a bride. We act like a group of sometimes of like a high school clique where we all fall into our own little comfortable groups and we don't have a lot of times much unity. And, but we should be united for one purpose, which is him and which is for the coming kingdom and for the harvest. And sometimes we spend way too much time arguing and bickering 
that we fail to act upon the things that we know to be true, which is that there is a world that's dying and the world that doesn't know him. And heaven forbid that we stay so long being comfortable in our little comfort zones that we fail to reach out to the lost and declare to them that Jesus died for them. It's as though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I have become sounding brass or clinging cymbal, or a clinging cymbal. You know, you can have all the gifts, every spiritual gift. You can have the most amazing anointing, but if you don't have the compassion and the love of Christ, it means nothing. And we become just like the Pharisees who could stand up and they could preach a good sermon and they could say the right words, but behind their hearts there wasn't the love that compels them to reach out to those who are lost. And it says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You know, there's nothing that we can learn and there's no knowledge that we can obtain to that is greater than the love of God. Then it's the mystery of the gospel that was withheld and hidden from the foundation of the world to be revealed in these last times that was spoken of through the apostles and prophets. That there was salvation coming through Jesus Christ. And in the end, that is the only knowledge that that matters, is him. And it says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. You know, in the end, all the works are going to be tried and they're going to be tested. And we build a monument in our lives. And we have this foundation of Jesus Christ. And we build up upon that a building which is a declaration of who we are and what we've done in this earth. And all the works we do don't mean anything if there's not the love and the compassion of Jesus behind them. For it says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And if we don't strive to have the same love and compassion that Jesus had, then all the works mean nothing because they profit nothing. Because in the end, there's nobody that gets saved. There's nobody that comes closer to knowing Jesus. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own is not provoked, it thinks no evil. I'm going to stop there. That's an interesting one. That's Jesus for you right there. Thinks no evil. Though he knew man, he loved them to the end. Though we were sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. It says, for scarcely for a good man will one die. But he demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, he died for us. 
It says it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and it never fails. You know, that's the one thing that's always consistent in this world is him. It's always the love of God. From the time that you wake up till the time that you go to bed, the one thing that's not going to change is the love of Christ for you. It's that eternal love. Whereas he sees us as his children and as sons and daughters of God. And that God loved us so much that he took our names and inscribed them on the palm of his hands. And he made a covenant and and swore by himself. And Jesus said, I know those who are mine and the enemy cannot snatch them away. And if no one's ever told you how precious you are to him, it's true. And so, if you don't know him, and if you've never met Jesus, now is the time to do it. And not because of what tomorrow holds. Because nobody knows what will happen tomorrow. But right now, there is a Savior named Jesus who loves you. And so, we're going to spend a little bit of time in worship. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And this is Prayer International Radio.
Welcome back to International Radio. And I forgot to pray for everybody. So I want to make this a habit that we do this every night. So if you have any part of your body that's sick, maybe I did pray before, let's do it again. Um, If there's anything that you're suffering from, any sickness, any illness, doesn't matter what it is, we're going to come before him and we're going to believe in faith that the Holy Spirit is going to come and touch you right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we come before you and we come before your throne asking that you would touch these. Father, by your blood that you would heal this sickness and you would heal this infirmity and you would heal this broken bone. Father, that you would heal this hip. Father, that you would touch them, Lord, and give them new breath and give them new life. Holy Spirit, that you would come with fire and burn out the sickness, Father. Jesus, I thank you for your blood, and I thank you for your word that declares that by your stripes that we are healed. Father, so we stand in faith declaring that you and your word is true, and we rebuke the enemy, and we rebuke the spirit of sickness right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and declare that you must go right now, and you must flee from the presence of the people of God, and that you have no right to inflict the children of God. Father, right now, I ask for your presence to come and to overtake us and to flood our lives, Father, that your presence would rest with us. Father, that you would draw us closer to you. Lord, your word says if we would draw near to you, you would draw near to us. Father, give us revelation into your love for us, Father. Give us revelation into your desires for our lives, Father. Give us revelation into the plans of your heart, Lord. Father, give us your perspective on the world in which we live, Father, and give us your perspective on everything that's going on, Lord. Father, and as they said in Revelation, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So, Father, we worship you for who you are. Father, we worship you for what you've done. Father, we worship you for what you are doing in our lives and what you are going to do. Today is a day of victory. Today is a day of of rejoicing. For we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light. And we are children of God. And we are sons and daughters of the Most High, of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we have been set apart, and we have been sanctified, and we have been anointed with his presence. And the Father has declared 
over us that he has a plan for our lives to give us a hope and a future. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so there's a million reasons for us to rejoice. And it's all because of him.
good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God. We celebrate you tonight. Oh, 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 Father. Oh, we love you, God. Back to another edition of Face to Face. This is Prayer International Radio, and I'll be your host for the second half of the program. My name is Chris Herzog, and for the first half, we were in the studio with Sean Holmberg, just sharing his heart tonight, just about intimacy with the Lord. And you know, one thing about Sean is it's constant Word of God, scriptures flying out of his mouth, and even though he may start in one chapter. You never really know where he's going to end or or which direction the Holy Spirit's going to take us. And I, I do say praise God for that because there's a lot of depth, a lot of things that come out in the Word of God, that topical preaching or, you know, uh, theological, uh, systematic theology. It just doesn't do it. So sometimes you just have to open your mouth and let the Word of God come out. You know, Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to speak because the Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth. And so, you know, just like he told Jeremiah, you know, we don't have to be afraid, but whatever word that God commands us to speak, we're to not fear their faces, but we're to go forward and declare the Word of the Lord. So we are making a point on Prayer International. And... uh Anyways, we're making a point to go forward and proclaim and declare the word of the Lord in truth. And so if you want to join us in our efforts, 
praying for the nations, praying for the United States and for different ministries and leaders. Feel free to join us in our prayer efforts. We're at 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. You can call in uh, with prayer requests or to join the show live. Also, we're at www.prayerinternational.org. And we are raising up a hedge of prayer, a call to prayer. We are calling out to the nations, speaking to the nations of the world to be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the eyes of the spiritually blind would be open, that the eyes and the hearts of men would be open, and that the ears of men and women would be open to hear the word of the Lord. God is speaking, and we are declaring that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he is pouring out his spirit, that his word is going forth in power and demonstration. We are declaring that his words are spirit and life and that all scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction. So we will take the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, take it apart, the Bible says, to rightly divide the word of truth, for the word is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. So if you want to get into the word of God and let it examine your thoughts and let it discern and reveal what's in your heart. You know, David said, Lord, I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let the words of my mouth. And we know from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. So praise God. So we are declaring there is victory in the name of the Lord today. If you have sickness in your body, feel free to let us know. Prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're taking prayer requests. Also, 619-638-8458. Go to the phone. And we are... Uh, taking calls, um, if you want to just call in for prayer or listen to the show, of course, uh, you don't have to come in live to the show, um, but you can, you know, come on in and, and listen and just share your heart, share your prayer requests, or if you'd like to share on the air, that's an option as well. And so praise God. Well, you know, one thing we are about here at Prayer International is taking time to get into the Word, get into the presence of the Lord. I wanted to just share a little bit of Psalm 91. I'm going to get into it and kind of pick it apart and go into worship and go into teaching, and I don't really know what kind of flow we're going to get into tonight. But I'm just going to share a couple of scriptures from Psalm 91 and see what happens. But anyways, uh, you know, praise God. Last night I got into Psalm 63 a little bit. Tonight I'm going to get into 91. Why? Because we love the Word of God, and like I said, we believe all Scripture is profitable. Right now we're in the Psalms. We're we're talking about worship and intimacy, being face-to-face, having encounters with the Lord. And we know that if you're going to enter His gates, you've got to come in with thanksgiving in your heart. If you're going to enter His court, you're going to have to come in with praise. If you want to come before his presence, Psalm 100, verse 2 says, come before his presence with singing. And so, you know, you have to take 
time to get into the presence of the Lord. Stay around the presence of God. You know, people only like to stay around things that they love. They only they only linger around things that they love. You'll only want to stay in somebody's presence if you really enjoy their company. If you really enjoy being around somebody, then you'll stay there. But if you don't, you won't be around really long. What I try to understand is how is it that in our Western churches, and I'll get into Psalm 91 here in a minute, but I'm actually going to share my heart for a second, and then we'll probably do some worship, then we'll get into Psalm 91. But why is it that we spend millions of dollars on sanctuaries that we only spend 90 minutes a weekend, some people, if they spend their Sundays, every single Sunday, on a good, in a good church, they not go twice on a Sunday. So they spend 90 minutes on a Sunday or, or you know, maybe 120 minutes on a Sunday. Maybe another 120 minutes on a Wednesday. They spend four hours out of their week. Now, there's 168 hours in a week. So why is it that out of 168 hours in a week, we only like to spend a couple hours a week in the presence of God. We only like to spend a couple hours a week in the house of God. Now, I'm not talking about the majority or, or the, the minority, but the, the the remnant of God that, that are seekers that are on their faces praying and worshiping and looking for God morning, noon, and night. And I know there's, there's glory seekers, there's glory hunters, there's people out there that are seeking God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's the commandment of the Lord. Love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But you know, we spend all this time in these congregations. We'll go spend two hours in a movie and be more passionate about our two-hour movie than our 90 minutes in church trying to figure out how to get out for the football game or to get out for lunch or to get out to go do the thing with the family. Why is it that it's hard for people to spend more than 90 minutes under the presence of God? You see, I think something happens in the presence of God that doesn't happen anywhere else. And when you get out of God's presence, when you try to run from God's presence, it's going to cost you something. It's, it's very costly to hurry for the presence of God. The Bible says to wait on the Lord and he will strengthen you. To wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Constantly throughout the Psalms we're told to wait. 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 Wait on the Lord. And I think we need to take that serious. Stay in His presence long enough so that you can hear the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy 8, 6 says, Therefore keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways and fear Him. Sometimes we have to get in His presence. The Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. And so we have to get into a place. We have to get into that secret place. We have to get into that alone place with God. That's what He's calling us to. That's what he's asking for. 
speaker place. You know, do you spend time with him? Do you spend time alone in his presence?
Praise God. Well, we're back. Another edition of Face to Face. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'm your host uh, for the rest of the evening. And so we're talking about the presence of God, being in the presence of the Lord. And one thing I was talking about before we went into our worship break is the fact that here we are with all these filled churches, but empty people. You know, a lot of times we go, or I have anyway, in a lot of churches where you wonder if God is even there at all. You can't feel him. And you really don't see any overcoming life or victory in the hearts of the members in certain churches until you just wonder. And I think that it's because we've become so seeker-friendly we become so seeker-friendly that we forgot about the, the shepherd. We forgot about the shepherd in his presence. We we got so concerned about the sheep and got so concerned about the people that we forgot about the shepherd and his presence. You know, we don't we don't care about pleasuring God anymore. We we're more concerned about tickling the ears of people and making sure they fill up the bucket. Bucket heads. You know, we're more concerned about the buckets filling up than their hearts. We're more concerned about, you know, the politics than the power. You know, nowadays we we pay our musicians and we pay people in churches to perform, to be great orators and great musicians and great entertainers. We've actually traded... And we've settled for entertainment in the church instead of empowerment. And God says, look, I don't want my word to go forth in the wisdom of man. I don't want it to be eloquent of speech necessarily, although it's okay to be eloquent in your speaking. But God said through the writings of Paul in the book of Corinthians, Paul said, I didn't come to you with the wisdom of man and eloquence of speech only. But I came to you with the power of God, demonstration of his spirit. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And signs shall follow them that believe. And he said, they went forth preaching the word of God the gospel, the Bible. And the Lord worked with him with signs following. It was confirming the word that they preached. When they preached, signs followed them. And so I want to say this to you, spirit-filled believers, Pentecostal, charismatic, uh, whatever you want to call yourself, non-denominational, Holy Ghost believers. If you're a Holy Ghost believer... Don't follow miracles. Don't follow signs. Don't follow healing. Follow Jesus. Follow the word of truth. Follow the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Miracles will follow you. You won't have to follow them. Healings will follow you. When you follow the Holy Spirit and declare what the Lord says, healings will follow you. You won't have to chase them. They'll chase you. The Bible says there's going to come a time when the blessing will overtake 
where the harvest will overtake the reaper. When you sow, before you can even get it in the ground, all of a sudden it's going to spring up a harvest. There's going to come that time, and I believe that time is now. We're in a year of harvest for the people of God, a year where God is saying, pursue and overtake your enemies. Rise up and, and proclaim and declare and go forward and apprehend the promises of God. Go get a hold of those things. God's not slack concerning his promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. And every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And let me tell you something. He doesn't withhold good gifts from his children. Ask him. Read the book of Luke. Says, Jesus said, look, if you ask, will your heavenly Father give you a stone if you ask for bread? Will he give you a scorpion if you ask for an egg? No. And how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit? How much more will he provide? How much more will he give you the, the clothes you need and the food that you need and the, the roof of your head? Why? Because if he, he worries about even the hairs on your head and, the, and he, he takes care of the birds, he takes care of the sparrow, his eye is on the sparrow. Don't you know if his eye is on the sparrow? It's watching over you eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are fully his and let me tell you something all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose if you're called and if you love God all things are going to work together for you God is in you to willing to do of his good pleasure and he is for you and if he is for you no one can be against there's victory in the Lord. There's victory in the Lord. Thanks be to God. He always leads you into victory. He always leads you into triumph. Because you're more than a conqueror. You are. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Because he loves you. He's strengthening you. If you're in him, nothing is too hard for the Lord. I'm, I'm here to tell you all things are possible with God and and you can do all things if, if Christ is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If Christ is in you, you can do all things because he strengthens you. But be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Look, we're in a war. There's warfare. And your enemy is... is not going to give up. He's, he's, in a, he's in a battle. But the Lord promises that he is our victorious warrior. He's the God that fights our battles for us. And you know, he's going to make sure that no weapon formed or fashion against us will prosper. He's going to make sure that every tongue that rises up against us in judgment is condemned. Why? Because he said so. Because he said so. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Psalm 103. 
and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. See, don't forget. Do not forget all the benefits, you know. Do you think that your job has benefits? Do you think that your job has a great health or dental plan? Well, how about a miracle plan? Does your job have a miracle plan? Can you pay a deductible every year for a miracle plan with your insurance? Let me tell you something. There's benefits that come with the kingdom. There's there's a benefit package that comes with the, the plan of God that is not like anything. See, God says, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are, are not like the world's, and his benefits are good and perfect. You see? His benefits are better than any benefits that the world might give you. And so don't forget them. Don't forget all the wonderful things he has done. Remain grateful. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your iniquities. Verse 3 of Psalm 103, and heals all your diseases. Do you have iniquities that need to be forgiven tonight? Is there sin in your life that you need pardoned? Well, listen to the word of the Lord speaking over you, saying, be healed. Your sins be forgiven. Is there iniquities in your life? Are there diseases in your life that you need God to speak his word over you and say, be healed? Take up your bed and walk, and your sins be forgiven. Which one's easier for Jesus to say to you? Is it easier for Jesus to tell you to be healed? Or Jesus to tell you your sins be forgiven? You know, he's God, and he does whatever he pleases. And the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking not only for your forgiveness tonight, not only for your restoration back to God tonight, not only for your intimacy with the Lord tonight and your access into his presence, but it's speaking, the blood of Jesus is speaking for your healing tonight, for your deliverance tonight, for your peace tonight, for your freedom tonight. He wants to redeem your life from destruction. He wants to crown you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He wants to satisfy your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. For as the heaven is high above the earth, great is the mercy of the Lord towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, God's removed your transgression. Just like a father pities his children, the Lord pities those that fear him. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. It's a such that keep his covenant. Those that remember his commandments to do them, the Lord has prepared his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength and do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the Lord. See, we need to hearken unto you. We need to listen to the voice of the Lord. See, he won't always remain angry. God's slow to anger, but he's merciful, he's gracious. He's plenteous in mercy. He made known his ways to Moses, but he made known his acts to the children of Israel. And 
I'm here to ask you not. Do you know his ways? See, his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But if you will get in and abide in him, if he'll abide in you and his word abides in you, his word is his ways. The word of God is the wisdom of God. And if you want to know the ways of God, you need to know the word. Hide your word in your heart so it comes out of your mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth will deliver you, or what comes out of your mouth will destroy you. What comes out of your mouth will encourage you, or what comes out of your mouth will ensnare you or enslave you. Words are powerful. They'll either lift you up, or they'll pull you down. Never say anything that makes the devil think he's winning. Always speak in agreement. Do your best to speak in agreement with the word of the Lord. So I'll get to Psalm 91 eventually, probably. We just kind of go with the flow around here. Praise God, we're going to go to another word. Another song, Prayer International Radio, 619-638-8458. This is Face to Face. Face to Face. I'm your host, Chris Herzog. You can reach us on the website, www.prayerinternational.org. You can go to the email, prayerinternational at gmail.com. Spirit of God, we're talking about warfare. We're in a war. God is declaring victory. He's our victorious warrior. He's fighting our battles for us. He's fighting our battles for us. Yeah. Do you know who your enemy is? Do you know who your enemy is? See, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood or principalities or powers or rulers of darkness or spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6, 12. People can be tools of your enemy. The enemy can use people but the real enemy is the devil, the Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. First Peter 5, it says, because your adversary, the devil, your enemy, the devil, is as a roaring lion. He's not the roaring lion. Jesus is the roaring lion of the tribe of Judah. But the devil pretends to act as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Remember, he's a fallen angel. He's an ex-employee of heaven. Jesus says, Behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Revelation talks about the great dragon that was cast out of the old serpent. The deceived the, the deceiver himself. Who deceived the whole world. He was cast out of the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. Revelation twelve nine. Remember, his power to tempt you is limited. His time here is limited. 
His efforts are limited, and they're intensified. And your enemy is not going to stop fighting. He despises God. He hates and hard anybody that receives God's affection or attention. So let me tell you something. You need to name your enemy. You need to know who your enemy is. You need to know his nature. The Bible says to be not ignorant of the devil's devices. So don't be uh, ignorant of his schemes. You need to realize he's going to come at you. He's going to try to paralyze your your you're planning. He's going to try to destroy your dreams or abort your hope. But God says, hope make it not a shame. You're more than a conqueror. You're a champion. You don't need to be disappointed. You don't need to be distracted. You don't need to be deceived or delayed. You see, the devil tries to deceive us or delay us or distract us or disappoint us sometimes. Derail us. Just throw us off track. The Bible says, he who keeps his mind on me, I will keep him in perfect peace. To get the word of God even near, even nigh your mouth. Because the Lord is quick and powerful, is able to deliver you. And God wants you to choose who you're going to serve. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be prepared. For the enemy's attacks. The Bible says in the Proverbs, the wise man foresees the evil and he prepares himself. And you have weapons of warfare. You have weapons to fight your enemy with. You have the blood of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You have the word of God and the word of your testimony. Praise God. You've got the word of God and the word of your testimony. You need to get a right word in your mouth.
We're back. Per International Radio. Give us a call, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, encouragement, if you want to listen to the call, if you want to join in on the show, whatever you want to do. Uh, prayer International at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of us by email, of course, send in your prayer requests, encouragement, responses. Uh, you know, your critiques, you know, your comments, whatever you have. And uh, just feel free. We uh, are always open to any comments, um, whatever you have to share, whether it be constructive criticism or not. Of course, we just ask for any rebuke. Uh, send it in live. 
Praise God. If anyone has any rebuke or correction of sins, just make sure you do it in love. Anyways, praise God. You know, one thing we know is there's always going to be opposition when somebody takes a stand for truth and declares and rightly divides the word. There is going to be opposition. There is always going to be an attack and an offense. And sometimes, you know, you have to dig your heels in and you got to, you know, stand your ground. You know, the book of Jude, we're going to jump around a little bit. Praise God that we've got the Old and the New Testament. I just want to say that. Praise God that we're not limited to one. And, you know, hey, we're Bible believers. We're not New Testament believers. We're not Old Testament believers. We're Bible believers. It's just straight up. I don't know what else to say. Uh, <laughs> praise God. So the book of Jude, sorry, I get so excited on this deal sometimes, I just kind of forget where I'm at. So is this, here we go, right here. Jude, of course, there's one chapter, it's just the book of Jude. I think there's 25 verses. Verse uh, we'll just go with, well, I'll just say verse 2 because it sounds cool. Mercy unto you. So God says, Paul says, or really Jude, uh, mercy be unto you. And peace and love be multiplied. So you should have mercy and peace and love multiplied in your life if you're in the Lord. You know, when Jude wrote this, he, he says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified, are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. So you can be sanctified, set apart, uh, called into a certain consecration of God where the Holy Spirit keeps you, preserves you, keeps you in a place. Separates you unto himself. Hides you in the shadow of his wings. See, that's what we're talking about tonight. But when you get in the shadow of his wings and you begin to experience truth and the reality of God, something happens sometimes. And you know, Jude says in verse 3, says, Beloved, I gave you all diligence to write to you of the common salvation. It is needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You see, sometimes we're going to have to contend for our faith. We're going to have to contend for truth. We're going to have to contend for this word of God. We're going to have to contend for what Jesus said, what Moses said, what John and what Apostle Paul said, all the way through. Bible says, certain men creeping unawares before the old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men that turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord and our, our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Lasciviousness. Licentiousness. Debauchery, man. 
A lot of times people take the grace of God and they just slander and they just step all over Jesus as if crucifying him wasn't enough. They turn the grace of God into a lie. Verse 5, he says, Let me put you in remembrance that you once knew that's how the Lord, having saved people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Six, and the angels which kept not the first estate left their own habitation. He is reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, set forth an example of suffering and vengeance of eternal fires. Likewise, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and seek evil of dignity. You see, they don't understand the kingdom. See, they defile the flesh. They live their life in the flesh. They don't live by the spirit. They despise dominion. They don't understand spiritual authority. They don't understand the dominion of the kingdom realm. Therefore, they don't they don't walk in it. They have no clue. The carnal mind is enmity with the God. They they can't see. Their eyes are darkened and blinded. But see, God's calling us higher. He says, "Look, contend for your faith." He says, "Look, they speak evil dignities. They talk evil spiritual things." Yeah, Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed the body of Moses. He didn't even bring a railing accusation against the enemy, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. that they told you there would be mockers in the last time. That should go after their own ungodly lust. They should separate themselves being sensual and have not the spirit. You see, you can be so carnal, you can be so full of the world that you don't even realize when Samson got his hair cut off, he didn't even know the spirit had left him. The Bible itself says he can blot your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. The spirit will depart. And before Ichabod, the glory is departed. But you say, oh, but no man can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Sure, no man can separate you. But you can choose. You can walk away. You can despise them. You don't have to accept the sacrifice. You don't have to accept the blood of Jesus in your life. You don't have to accept the leading and the moving and the guiding of the Holy Spirit in your life. You don't have to choose. You don't have to choose God. You know, God is sovereign. Yeah, he can knock you off your high horse and blind you. Burn your eyes out. But you know, you can stay blind. Or you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and let the scales fall off your eyes. It's your choice. You can stay blind. Stay knocked off your high horse. 
But maybe you'll stay on your house and be blind. Eventually, God's going to knock you off, and every knee's going to bow, and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm just saying, we've got to contend for our faith. The Bible says, build up yourself in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus. And of some, have compassion and make a difference. And with others, say with fear and pull them out of the fire. And don't even let their, their filthy garments spotted by the flesh. And this is the prayer unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Amen. He's saying this. Look, stop living in the flesh. Stop living in your sensuality. Stop living in your carnality. And, and run after the Spirit. Build yourself up in the, uh, your holy faith. How do you build up your faith? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. By praying in the Holy Ghost. And keep yourself in the love of God, looking for mercy. And with, some people have compassion. We've got to have compassion. We've got to make a difference in people's lives. The Bible says make a difference. Verse 22, there it is. You're supposed to make a difference. And others, he says, pull them out of the fire. They're straight up in the fire. They're spotted. They're filthy. They're going straight to hell. And it's up to you to pull them out of the fire. Verse 24 says, Him, it's unto Him that's able to keep you from falling. The only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, and dominion, and power, both now and forever. It's only Jesus that's going to keep you from falling. It's only Jesus that gives all the power and all the majesty, all the glory. He's the only Savior. He's the only wise God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's only by His blood. Call out to Him. We're going to send a prayer for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, that you would wage a good war. Have these men and women listening, these men and women of God, wage a good warfare, Father. Teach them how to fight. Teach them how to use the weapons of their warfare, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Power of the Holy Ghost, praying in time. Teach them. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to fight. Teach them how to war, Father. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch everybody listening by the power of your Holy Spirit, touch them with your fire. We pray your will be done and your kingdom come, Father. On earth, just as it is in heaven, Lord, give them daily bread today. Provide for them. Take care of their needs today, Father, whoever's listening. Lord, touch them in their family, touch them in their finances, touch them in their bodies, touch them in their minds, touch them in their ministries and their spirits. Add to their ministries. Bless their, their churches and their their radio shows, their TV shows, whatever they got, Lord, whatever they're using for you, whatever they're doing for you, whether it's door-to-door knocking or working at 7-Eleven and sharing with people or going to their business job and sharing with people or a teacher and educating, whatever it is, wherever they're at, whatever walk of life, whatever place, bless them. Whatever they put their hands to, let it prosper. Bless their marriages, bless their children, bless their Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus that your glory would come 
that your will would be done. And we thank you, Father. We just declare, Lord God, your blessing. For Prayer International, we just send our love and our blessing over our spiritual family. We bless those that are listening to us on Facebook, Blog Talk Radio. We bless you tonight. Those of you that are listening on the website, www.prayerinternational.org, bless you tonight. And we just thank you. We just ask that you would allow the Holy Spirit to touch you tonight. Let the Word of God speak into your life tonight. He's a good God. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. We will see you tomorrow night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.